0: Are there any other types of like special characteristics we should think about actually that that reminds me right because um let's say it's a five-year bond expiring 2027 the issuers actually get a chance to redeem early so so let's say you know now they are paying you six seven percent because interest rates are high right that's the environment now next month the Fed pivots We, we go back down to zero interest rate next year And they want to refi the bond now because that is high cost of that. Can they do that? Mm -hmm. Um and and kind of just pay you out and and saying bye bye, I want to get a new bond. I want to get a new set of bondholders? Yeah,
1: I mean um in this case if the Fed ever pivots, right? I, I, I mean, it came out yesterday that yeah. the Fed has decided not to pivot. They're hired for longer, right. Right, right? Yes. And if, let's say, they decide to pivot and next year, you know interest rates drop, you know, they started to, you know, just fall like a brick. What they can do is that, you know, if they have what you call a call option in the bond itself, uh, they could actually exercise that call option. That means they're able to redeem the bonds back before the maturity date. And they can redeem the bond and they can reissue, reborrow again, yep from investors at a much lower interest rate because, you know, if interest rates drop, they can get, you know, they can borrow money at a much cheaper uh, it, interest. Yeah, it's cheaper for so them. So, this like. is good. Now, there's there's another special characteristics or special feature of uh, some of these bonds is, which is also good to pay attention to is what you call a step up. Okay. So, a step-up is like what you commonly see in our Estria bonds, right? Our Estria ah. retail bonds. Now, those have... Again, a
0: product I don't really understand. Look right. at it, I'm like... Hmm.
1: Yeah, so... But anyway... So, what happens is, you know, in order to entice investors, what they do is, you know, say, for example, Estria has a 10-year maturity and it could be very, very long for investors. So, what they do is that, you know, during, say, on the fifth year what they could do is Estra could tell investors, say that on your fifth year, they could actually increase the coupon by another, say, 1% or 2%. So this sort of entice investors to actually buy into a bond which have maybe a very, very long maturity because investors might not be too comfortable with investing in what you call a long-dated bond or a bond which has a very, very long time before they get the money back, right? So they entice investors to actually invest in a bond for the long term you know, by actually introducing some of these attractive uh, features, right? They can increase the bo- the coupon, you know, mm. on the fifth year, right?
0: But but is the increase typically kind of mandatory? So so it's kind of written in that it will definitely increase? Or is it a bit like a cocoa where, oh yeah, if I meet certain conditions, or if like I hit ABC, then then I increase. If not, then I don't increase.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. So if I remember correctly for Astral Bonds, they will have to increase or they have to step up coupon, you know, by a certain amount and that is something which they have to do. However, you know, they combine it with the call-option where they say that if they don't increase, then they might have to buy back all these bonds. So they, they they will actually sort of have the option to actually redeem all these bonds if they don't increase the coupons.
0: Yeah, but I mean if, if I bought it with the hope of getting more yield in five years, I don't want to be bought back, right? I want
1: you to give me more yield. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so this is this is so so it's all decided by yeah. the issuer by the company.
0: Yeah, I think that that's kind of the, the case, right? You 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 are a price taker essentially. Yep. Um, you, you take the the terms of the the bonds that are
1: set. Yeah, I mean, why yeah. aren't we all when we are investing in stocks and bonds? Well. Yeah, I mean
0: the the choice that we make is whether or not we want to buy right. Mm. So 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 in a sense, yes. You, know, you, you take the company as they come, you you say yes or no to it. Um I think yeah, it's just I'm just too used to loans, right? Where where people actually negotiate these things. So so look at it from a retail board, it's like, hmm, this is a bit odd. And, but it just shows the imbalance of power, um, I guess. Mm. Um Okay, okay, that, that sounds good. Um other than this
1: yeah i think one way you know as bond investors you know how how we assess bonds we don't just want to look at some of these terms or these special characteristics we also want to know what who are these issues and how do we actually qualify them you know such that they are you know that they they are they they, they fall into our radar of High quality companies, right? So one way you know is to actually look at whether they are actually growing their revenue. So it's a lot like putting on our uh, stock investor thinking hat, um, where we have to actually look at whether they are able to grow their revenue. You know whether they have again boils down to whether they have a good uh, business model, whether they are able to grow their revenue, whether they have a good uh, products or services to sell. Uh, We also want them to be able to generate profits, profits which are able to actually pay the interest, right? We don't want to have a company which is not making money and they have no way of actually paying you any interest, right? So this is something which uh, investors, we have to be looking out for. Of course, you know, at the end of the day, when we own a bond, when you own a bond, you know, we don't have to, we do not participate in the profits of the business, right? So no matter how much the money is make uh the company is making, we don't really have to bother about what's important here is that we make sure that they have enough profits to to more than sufficiently pay for the interest to you. So that's something which we want to be looking at, right? To be looking at some of these uh uh little figures yeah. here.
0: Okay, I I like all these things about going back to equity investing because I am more comfortable. But you know, let let's kind of Take a step back, right? So so what we are talking about here really are the, the fundamentals. You know, we, we think about again your view of whether a company can repay you as debt because you are really a, as a bondholder, you are really a debt holder. It's really about whether the company can pay you back. And that, that goes back into all those questions about are they a good business, you know, and, and do they have growing revenue, do they have sufficient cash flows, all that, right? That that's fine. But you know, then what, and of course, you know, last week we also talked a bit about oh, yeah, we, we want a brand name sponsor, we want a brand name issuer because then that gives us a certain comfort, we want uh, a high, you know, credit rating because again, that, that this is all shorthand, right? Essentially for a good business. But what, you know, what about something like the Astria the bonds, right? Um, how, how do you actually assess the, the fundamental? Okay. So, so maybe, maybe not really Astria bonds, but how do we really assess the fundamentals of that, right? Do we, again, go back to our equity investing, look at PE ratios, look at, you know, free cash flow, or do we look at something else?
1: Mm. I think for, uh, for a bond like Astria, right, because it's owned by a fund, and this fund basically invests in, you know, a basket of different smaller private equity funds, mm. which invest in smaller businesses. There's really yeah, no so, so way that's of, like, I, I of identifying these individual yeah. companies, right? So you have to actually look at number one, who the fund manager is. You know the quality of the fund manager and whether they have a track record of you know repaying investors' money, uh, whether they have a track record of uh being transparent, honest, and are good stewards of you know, why you call money or your capital. So I think that's one way to actually look at it and more importantly, of course, you know, Astra is also owned by Temasek, right? Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll so, so, I'll so that, that, I so think that's,
0: that's the, that's the ultimate comfort, right? Temasek owns me money if Temasek cannot repay me, my CPM also gone, everything also gone, never mind lah, just give it to them. <laughs> right? yeah. I think that, that, I mean, you know, so I think it's maybe a bit of a special case where you don't really have that much fundamentals. I mean, uh, they talk about it being a PE backbone and all that, but it, it's actually marketing, right? Because you don't get PE returns, you get bond returns of 4%, you know, <laughs> um, but, you know, at the end of the day, where you're, Deriving your comfort from is really Temasek, almost like the Singapore government. Yes, yeah, we are different. They know they are different. We know that, but almost like the Singapore government, so should be very safe. I trust them to pay me my money back. Yeah. Um, because if they don't like, we, we think high flux was a big deal when they defaulted. If Temasek defaults, is a much much bigger deal, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, but but you going to a more conventional bond or a more conventional company? Let's say the, the new phrases months coming up, right? Is there something that that we should look at? Like if we look at okay. Phrases again. Um, then should we look at their earnings? Uh, what, what? What? Are there any sort of ratios that we can look at to, to kind of be comfortable mm. that they are you know going to be in a position to repay us or to repay the bonds?
1: Yep. Yeah. So again, you know, it boils down to the whether uh, a property developer is able to actually make uh, steady revenues, you know, or growing revenues whether they have good profits, um, whether these profits can sufficiently cover the interest at least three to four times. Also, you want to look at what I call the leverage ratio, which is basically taking your total debt of the company divided by the equity of the company, right? So, yep. the equity is basically the net worth of the company itself. and yes. you...
0: After taking into account, preferred shares, yes. Yep.
1: So, <laughs> typically, you don't want to have this ratio go more than 120%. I think okay. going beyond that could be actually be a bit more risky, a, yep. a bit more dangerous. So, that's something which I will also pay attention to because if they are already, you know, at least 120% in terms of their, their, their leverage ratio, what this means is that if they're going to borrow more money, it's just going to make it even more risky because they have to actually service uh, a much higher interest payment. The amount actually goes up that the ability to actually pay you back, you know, gets even more risky because they actually have to actually, they owe more people money, mm. right? So that means they actually have to run even faster to make more money, to make more revenues, to actually pay um their, their investors back, their their lenders back. This
0: really sounds like, you know, um, value investing 101. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. I mean,
1: investing, it's also about value investing. I, I mean, in any form of investing, you know, it's important to actually look at the fundamentals of a company or of a business, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we don't just want to go in blindly uh, just buying the financial instrument itself. We want to know what's underlying, uh, what's beneath yep. the surface of all these instruments. Okay, okay. I, that
0: that, that all sounds... You know, and I, I like this because I, I know what you're talking about for once. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I yeah, okay. good this is good. Easy, easy, you know, shorthand metrics that I just run a spreadsheet. Tick tick tick. I can go, right. Um, okay. Then you no, know, but every time you at least when when I look at a bond, then there'll be a lot of different documents, right? There there will be a term sheet. I think there will be a fact sheet. There will be a prospectus which is hundreds of pages and and terrible. Do we actually need to read it? Like, I I kind of feel like I need to read... I need to know the financials of the issuer, Mm -hmm. right? Because I want to know whether they can repay the bond. But do I actually need to read the bond documents themselves? Because that is very painful. (laughs) I mean, ideally, ideally
1: it's good to read. (laughs) But, <laughs> you know, if, if, I mean, if I Ideally, I should read T's
0: and C's before I take, and then I yeah, sign up I on mean, it's something, right? I the same right? thing as
1: also taking off the T's and also reading it, yeah. you know, clicking on the uh, disclaimer policies, right? It's the same thing for prospectors also. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good, always good to read, but uh, again, a lot of um, investors typically don't do it yep. uh, because, you know, number one is your time, you know, the, the amount of time needed, and sometimes it's just, it just gets a bit too complex with yeah. all the legal terms. Like uh, but terrible. what I would, but what I would focus on is, is looking at, you know, that some that summarized, there's always a summarized uh, sheet of paper called the mm. term sheet or okay. a fact sheet. So I think that's important because it sort of condenses all the important factors mm. um, of the board itself. And I think that's important. And whatever we just discussed um, earlier on, you know, things like who the issuer is, the maturity, the interest, you know, whether there are special features, it's all condensed into that very short, summarized uh sheet of paper, and and, and I think it's called term sheet. Right? Yeah, yeah. So the term sheet or the fact sheet, I I think at least that's what investors should be looking at. You know, if they do not have time to read, you know,
0: that that's true. I at the very practices. least should know whether it's a perpetual, right, or what the interest <laughs> exactly, they're going to give me, exactly. and, and how often they are going to pay my interest i should at least know that that, that's correct so okay so i think that the fact sheet is uh, sorry the term sheet is probably the the key document to read because i think that that sets out the key the main commercial terms right um then the rest is just kind of like legalese and things to fulfill regulatory requirements i I think in a sense because i don't know why um but but for whatever reason the, the view of bonds is that they are kind of more risky and that, that's why you have all these like AI requirements and, and all that because you know MAS feels like, I, I need to protect the, the audience, like, yep. right? So I, I need to kind of only allow people who have a bit more money because if they have a bit more money, I assume they are more sophisticated or I assume that they are able to get better advice on, mm-hmm. on all these things, notwithstanding that they are price takers of the bond terms. And, and that, that's why there's a prospectus, right? It's for disclosure to tell you everything you need to know about the company, I think. I mean, if if I do feel like reading it, is there any particular section I, I don't know hey, very busy you know <laughs> don't 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 laugh at me okay very busy no it's a valid 250 uh, yeah. k is a lot of money yes but uh also very still very busy la. <laughs> you know maybe, maybe I just don't buy bonds but if I really do feel like I need to do that research in you know um where where should I focus my energies on right so so we I think we we definitely need to do financials um that that's the the key drive our performance. We definitely need to do a term sheet. You know that that's the main characteristics of the instrument. You know, and, and let's say I really have time, I want to read the prospectus. Is there any specific section I should look out for?
1: Mm. So you want to look at the offer of the whole uh, term sheet. So the offer what's inside the offer is usually you know talking about who the issue is, like who who is the one borrowing the bonds, uh what's the coupon which is being paid. I think it's very important. Um, people are naturally attracted to it. Uh, the maturity. So when are you going to get your money back? Your face value back. Right? Yeah, yeah, correct. So the, the money, and then, uh, you also want to know, you know, uh, why they actually issue the bonds, right? So what is where the money is going? You want to at least know what is what is the company going to do with the money, right? Uh, you you also want to be looking at some of the special characteristics which we have just discussed earlier. You know whether there's a step up, whether there is a call option, whether they are able to actually redeem the bonds before the maturity date. Right? so these are something which you want to actually pay attention to uh, um, you know when you are assessing the bonds and of course that's on top of looking at the financials you know uh, whether you know it's a fundamentally healthy company right and based on the ratios which we also have discussed
0: yeah but you know all these things should be in the term sheet right because because that's the the top of it I mean the prospectors will have I think a lot more so let's say it's a perpetual with a co-option <laughs> um at, at at certain points Know, the, the term sheet will set out the the main meaning of when it can be exercised, and then the prospectors will go into three pages of clauses about exactly when it can be exercised, right? And, and it's full of you know not not legal jargon because we, we like plain English drafting, but it's it's full of lawyers just made it conv- convoluted lah, because they need to cover all angles, right? So I think that that's about it. Um, and I think one one kind of interesting thing that. I thought was you know interesting as prospectors was this section called the risk factors. My understanding of it is that this is pretty much every conceivable risk that the company might
1: face. Oh yeah, of course.
0: Um, you know, so is that right?
1: Yeah, so risk factors is also one of them as well. Uh, You know, to actually, you you want to know what are the risks involved when you're buying a model. It could be currency risk. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to know what's the industry risk as well. Uh, On top of that, you know, you want to know, you know, if let's say the company goes into default, you know, what's going to happen, right? So these are some of the risks which it's good to actually pay attention to um, as investors. But of course, you know, this this is the guidelines which the prospectors give. You know, when we are assessing the financials, the fundamentals, you know, we also want to actually start thinking about what are the risks companies, our own measure of risk the companies would potentially face and not just also looking at the prospectus itself. Yep.
0: So I think it, it, it's risks in, in different forms, right? So you know we, we look at the financials, that's kind of the, the quantitative risk. How are they currently set up, you know, and, and whether maybe in the short term they, they have enough cash to, to pay the coupons. Then you know in in the prospectus itself it's, it's qualitative risk right where they are describing their business and they are telling you well if, if these things happen for example if they are a property company and they are building a lot of seaside towns and they go well a risk factor is global warming because increasing sea levels means that our properties might be you know swamped and not as valuable and therefore I can't pay you back mm-hmm. right so 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 that's a risk factor no uh, yeah so so global warming is a risk factor which is kind of. Like like people know right like why did have to write it but not the point here <laughs> um, you know so, so 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 I think that there's different types of risks right so when we talk about fundamentals when we talk about documents all of these things are really to kind of focus our attention on the business right and not only what they are now but what challenges they could face in future and then using that and using kind of our own assessment of you know, what what they are, then you make that decision, you know, whether this is risky or not risky and whether you should buy a bond. Mm. Does that sound about fair? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. I thought that, hmm, <laughs> did, did this sound a bit odd? But okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's good, that's good. Um, So, you know, in, in that whole set of docs, any other things you should look out for?
1: I think it's also important also to also find out, Uh, you know, all other than the risk, you know, the financials. You also want to also know a bit. Sometimes the prospectors can give you a little bit about what the industry is about. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of gives you a peak preview of, you know, the company because sometimes uh, you might not get such information outside. Yep. And having that in- industry overview also allows you to better understand, you know, where the companies are operating in and what exactly their business is. So I, I, I think that's a good icing on the cake, right, you know, to sort of give you a bit more knowledge, you know, when you are investing in bonds. Yeah, it, it kind of provides you that that context. And I mean, look, uh,
0: at the end of the day, we, we are talking about bonds here, but... Hey, if you IPO or if you do a share issue, or a share offering, they also have a prospectus. You should also read it. You know, it, it, it's also a document that's present. You know, just that again, I, mean, I think the nature of equity is that it's relatively different because you always buy in a secondary market, right? So you like if it's been listed for five years, you don't read the IPO from from five years ago. You read the latest annual report. Mm-hmm. Right. So so I think that that's why why you know. But but really, they are all the same thing. Where. These are all documents. They are trying to give you more information of the company, so you can make more informed decision about whether you want to invest, whether it's their bonds or their equity. And then you know that that, that that's all there is to the it. Like it's just giving you information for you to decide. Yeah. All right. That sounds very good, actually. So so we, we kind of know how we can think about bonds and the, and the different you know characteristics of them and and the risks, risk, right? How how not to, how not to, to do a bond investment. Um. So so yeah, I think that that's a, that's a good. That's a good start. Yeah, any anything else you wanted to add before we we call? This is perfect. This is perfect, actually. All right, sounds good. Uh, thanks thanks for your time again, man. Um, Thank you for having me on the show. N- next week we will talk about bonds again, but I think <laughs> something else. <laughs>